0: Chapter 51 of Ten Years Later. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ten Years Later by Alexandre Dumas. Chapter 51 What actually occurred at the inn called the Beau Pont. In the first place, Let us supply our readers with a few details about the inn called Beau Pont. It owed its name to its sign, which represented a peacock spreading its tail. But in imitation of certain painters who bestowed the face of a handsome young man on the serpent which tempted Eve, the limner of the sign had conferred upon the peacock the features of a woman. This famous inn, an architectural epigram, against that half of the human race, which renders existence delightful, was situated at Fontainebleau, in the first turning on the left-hand side, which divides the road from Paris, the large artery that constitutes, in itself alone, the entire town of Fontainebleau. The side street in question was then known as the Rue de Lyon, doubtless because, geographically, it led in the direction of the second capital of the kingdom. The street itself was composed of two houses, occupied by persons of the class of tradespeople, the houses being separated by two large gardens, bordered with hedges running around them. Apparently, however, there were three houses in the street. Let us explain, notwithstanding appearances, how there were in fact only two. The Inn of the Pont had its principal front towards the main street, but upon the Rue de Lyon, there were two ranges of buildings divided by courtyards, which comprised sets of apartments for the reception of all classes of travellers, whether on foot or on horseback, or even with their own carriages, and in which could be supplied not only board and lodging, but also accommodation for exercise, or opportunities of solitude for even the wealthiest courtiers, whenever, after having received some cheque at the court, they wished to shut themselves up in their own society, either to devour an affront or to brood on revenge. From the windows of this part of the building, travellers could perceive, in the first place, the street with the grass growing between the stones, which were being gradually loosened by it, next the beautiful hedges of elder and thorn, which embraced, as though with two green and flowery arms, the house of which we have spoken. And then, in the spaces between those houses, forming the groundwork of the picture and appearing an almost impassable barrier a line of thick trees the advanced sentinels of the vast forest which extends in front of fontainebleau it was therefore easy provided one secured an apartment at the angle of the building to obtain by the main street from paris a view of as well as to hear the passers-by and the fete and by the rue de lyon to look upon and to enjoy the calm of the country. And this without reckoning that, in cases of urgent necessity, at the very moment people might be knocking at the principal door in the rue de Paris one could make one's escape by the little door in the rue de Lyon, and creeping along the gardens of the private houses attain the outskirts of the forest. Malicorne, who, it will be remembered, was the first to speak about this inn by way of deploring his being turned out of it being then absorbed in his own affairs had not told montalais all that could be said about this curious inn and we will try to repair the omission with the exception of the few words he had said about the franciscan friar malicorne had not given any particulars about the travellers who were staying at the inn the manner in which they had arrived the manner in which they lived the difficulty which existed for every one but certain privileged travellers of entering the hotel without a password or living there without certain preparatory precautions must have struck malicorne and we will venture to say really did so but malicorne as we have already said had personal matters of his own to occupy his attention which prevented him from paying much attention to others in fact all the apartments of the hotel were engaged and retained by certain strangers who never stirred out who were incommunicative in their address with countenances full of thoughtful preoccupation and not one of whom was known to Malicorne. each one of these travellers had reached a hotel after his own arrival there each man had entered after having given a kind of password which had at first attracted Malicorne's attention but having inquired in an indiscreet manner about it he had been informed that the host had given as a reason for this extreme vigilance that as the town was so full of wealthy noblemen it must also be as full of clever and zealous pickpockets the reputation of an honest inn like that of the Pont was concerned in not allowing its visitors to be robbed it occasionally happened that malicorne asked himself as he thought matters carefully over in his mind and reflected upon his own position in the inn how it was that they had allowed him to become an inmate of the hotel when he had observed since his residence there admission refused to so many he asked himself too how it was that Manicon, who in his opinion must be a man to be looked upon with veneration by everybody having wished to bait his horse at the beau pont on arriving there both horse and rider had been incontinently turned away with a of the most positive character. All this for Malikorn, whose mind being fully occupied by his own love affair and personal ambition, was a problem he had not applied himself to solve. Had he wished to do so, we should hardly venture, notwithstanding the intelligence we have accorded as his due, to say that he would have succeeded. A few words will prove to the reader that no one but Oedipus in person could have solved the enigma in question. During the week seven travellers had taken up their abode in the inn all of them having arrived there the day after the fortunate day on which malicorne had fixed his choice on the beaupont these seven persons accompanied by a suitable retinue were the following first of all a brigadier in the german army his secretary physician three servants and seven horses the brigadier's name was the comte de votspur a spanish cardinal with two nephews, two secretaries, an officer of his household, and twelve horses. The cardinal's name was Monseigneur Erebia, a rich merchant of Bremen, with his manservant and two horses. The merchant's name was Meinherr Bonstedt, a Venetian senator with his wife and daughter, both extremely beautiful. The senator's name was Signor Marini, a Scottish laird, with seven highlanders of his clan all on foot. The laird's name was Macumno, an Austrian from Vienna without title or coat of arms, who had arrived in a carriage, a good deal of the priest and something of the soldier. He was called the Councillor, And finally, a Flemish lady, with a man-servant, a lady's maid and a female companion, a large retinue of servants, great display and immense horses. She was called the Flemish lady. All these travellers had arrived on the same day and yet their arrival had occasioned no confusion in the inn no stoppage in the street their apartments had been fixed upon beforehand by their couriers or secretaries who had arrived the previous evening or that very morning malicorne who had arrived the previous day riding an ill-conditioned horse with a slender valise had announced himself at the hotel of the beau pont as the friend of a nobleman desirous of witnessing the fête and who would himself arrive almost immediately the landlord, on hearing these words, had smiled as if he were perfectly well acquainted, either with Malicorne or his friend the nobleman, and had said to him, uh, Since you are the first arrival, monsieur, choose what apartment you please. And this was said with that obsequiousness of manners so full of meaning with landlords, which means, Make yourself perfectly easy, monsieur. We know with whom we have to do, and who will be treated accordingly these words and their accompanying gesture Malicorne had thought very friendly but rather obscure however as he did not wish to be very extravagant in his expenses and as he thought that if he were to ask for a small apartment he would doubtless have been refused on account of his want of consequence he hastened to close at once with the innkeeper's remark and deceive him with a cunning equal to his own so smiling as a man would do for whom whatever might be done was but simply his due he said my dear host i shall take the best and the gayest room in the house with a stable yes with a stable and when will you take it immediately if it be possible quite so but said Malicon, i shall leave the large room unoccupied for the present very good said the landlord with an air of intelligence certain reasons which you will understand by and by oblige me to take at my own cost this small room only yes yes said the host when my friend arrives he will occupy the large apartment and as a matter of course as this larger apartment will be his own affair he will settle for it himself certainly said the landlord certainly let it be understood in that manner it is agreed then that such shall be the terms word for word it's extraordinary said Malicorne to himself you quite understand then yes there is nothing more to be said since you understand for you do clearly understand do you not perfectly very well and now show me to my room the landlord cap in hand preceded Malicorne, who installed himself in his room and became more and more surprised to observe that the landlord at every ascent or descent looked and winked at him in a manner which indicated the best possible intelligence between them. "'There is some mistake here,' said Malicon to himself, "'but until it is cleared up I shall take advantage of it, which is the best thing I can possibly do.' And he darted out of his room, like a hunting-dog following a scent, in search of all the news and curiosities of the court, getting himself burnt in one place and drowned in another, as he had told Mademoiselle de Montalais. The day after he had been installed in his room, he had noticed the seven travellers arrived successively, who speedily filled the whole hotel. When he saw this perfect multitude of people, of carriages and retinue, Malicom rubbed his hands delightedly, thinking that, one day later, he should not have found a bed to lie upon after his return from his exploring expeditions. When all the travellers were lodged, the landlord entered Malicom's room, and, with his accustomed courteousness, said to him, You are aware, my dear monsieur, that the large room in the third detached building is still reserved for you? Of course, I am aware of it. I am really making you a present of it. Thank you. So that when your friend comes, well, he will be satisfied with me, I hope, or, if he be not, he will be very difficult to please. Excuse me, but will you allow me to say a few words about my friend? Of course. For you have a perfect right to do so. He intended to come, as you know, and he does so still. He may possibly have changed his opinion. No. You're quite sure, then? Quite sure. But in case you should have some doubt, well, I can only say that I do not positively assure you that he will come. Yet he told you. He certainly did tell me. But you know that man proposes and God disposes. Whereby, Wallant? scripta manent, which is as much to say that what is spoken flies away and what is written remains and as he did not write to me but contented himself by saying to me i will authorize you yet without specifically instructing you you must feel that it places me in a very embarrassing position what do you authorize me to do then why to let your rooms if you find a good tenant for them i yes you Never will I do such a thing, monsieur. If he has not written to you, he has written to me. Ah, what does he say? Let us see if his letter agrees with his words. These are almost his very words. To the landlord of the Beau Pont Hotel. You will have been informed of the meeting arranged to take place in your inn between some people of importance. I shall be one of those who will meet with the others at Fontainebleau keep for me then a small room for a friend who will arrive either before or after me and you are the friend i suppose said the landlord interrupting his reading of the letter Malicorne bowed modestly the landlord continued and a large apartment for myself the large apartment is my own affair but i wish the price of the smaller room to be moderate "'as it is destined for a fellow "'who is deucedly poor.' "'It is still you he is speaking of, "'is it not?' said the host. "'Oh, certainly,' said Malikon. "'Then we are agreed. "'Your friend will settle for his apartment, "'and you for your own.' "'May I be broken alive on the wheel,' "'said Malicorne to himself, "'if I understand anything at all about it.' "'And then he said aloud, "'Well, then, are you satisfied with the name? With what name? With the name at the end of the letter. Does it give you the guarantee you require? I was going to ask you the name. What? The letter was not signed? No, said the landlord, opening his eyes very wide, full of mystery and curiosity. In that case, said Malicorne, imitating his gesture and his mysterious look, "'If he has not given you his name, you understand, he must have his reasons for it.' "'Oh, of course, and therefore I, his friend, his confidant, must not betray him.' "'You are perfectly right, monsieur,' said the landlord, "'and I do not insist upon it. "'I appreciate your delicacy. "'As for myself, as my friend told you, my room is a separate affair, "'so let us come to terms about it. "'Short accounts make long friends.' how much is it there's no hurry never mind let us reckon it all up all the same room my own board a place in the stable for my horse and his feed how much per day four livres monsieur which will make twelve livres for three days i have been here yes monsieur here are your twelve livres then but why settle now because said Malicorne, lowering his voice and resorting to his former air of mystery because he saw that the mysterious had succeeded because if i had to set off suddenly to decamp at any moment my account would be settled you are right monsieur i may consider myself at home then perfectly so far so well adieu and the landlord withdrew Malicon, left alone reasoned with himself in the following manner no one but de guiche or Manicon could have written to this fellow de guiche because he wishes to secure a lodging for himself beyond the precincts of the court in the event of his success or failure as the case may be. Manicon, because de Guiche must have entrusted him with his commission, and de Guiche or Manicon will have argued in this manner. The large apartment would serve for the reception, in a befitting manner, of a lady thickly veiled, reserving to the lady in question a double means of exit either in a street, somewhat deserted, or closely adjoining the forest. The smaller room might either shelter Manicon for a time, who is de Guiche's confidant, and would be the vigilant keeper of the door, or de Guiche himself, acting, for greater safety, the part of a master and confidant at the same time. Yet, he continued, how about this meeting which is to take place, and which has actually taken place in this hotel? No doubt they are persons who are going to be presented to the king, and the poor devil for whom the smaller room is destined, is a trick, in order to better conceal the guiche or manicon. If this be the case, as very likely it is, there is only half the mischief done, for there is simply the length of a purse string between manicon and malicorne. After he had thus reasoned the matter out, malicorne slept soundly leaving the seven travellers to occupy and in every sense of the word to walk up and down their several lodgings in the hotel whenever there was nothing at court to put him out when he had wearied himself with his excursions and investigations tired of writing letters which he could never find an opportunity of delivering to the people they were intended for he returned home to his comfortable little room and leaning upon the balcony which was filled with nasturtiums and white pinks, for whom Fontainebleau seemed to possess no attractions with all its illuminations, amusements, and fate. Things went on in this manner until the seventh day, a day of which we have given such full details, with its night, also, in the preceding chapters. On that night Malicorne was enjoying the fresh air, seated at his window, toward one o'clock in the morning when Manicon appeared on horseback, with a thoughtful and listless air. Good, said Malicon to himself, recognizing himself at the first glance. There's my friend, who has come to take possession of this apartment, that is to say, of my room. And he called to Manicon, who looked up and immediately recognized Malicorne. Ah, by jove said the former, his countenance clearing up, glad to see you, Malicorne. I have been wandering about Fontainebleau looking for three things i cannot find de guiche a room and a stable of monsieur de guiche i cannot give you either good or bad news for i have not seen him but as far as concerns your room and a stable that's another matter for they have been retained here for you retained and by whom by yourself i presume by me did you mean to say you did not take lodgings here by no means said manikon at this moment the landlord appeared on the threshold of the door. I want a room, said Manicon. Did you engage one, monsieur? No. Then I have no rooms to let. In that case I have engaged a room, said Manicon. A room, simply, or lodgings? Anything you please. By letter, inquired the landlord. Malicorne nodded affirmatively to Manicon. Of course, by letter, said Manicon. Did you not receive a letter from me? what was the date of the letter inquired the host in whom manicon's hesitation had aroused some suspicion manicon rubbed his ear and looked up at malicon's window but malicon had left his window and was coming down the stairs to his friend's assistance at the very same moment a traveller wrapped in a large spanish cloak appeared at the porch near enough to hear the conversation i ask you what was the date of the letter you wrote to me to retain apartments here repeated the landlord pressing the question last wednesday was the date said the mysterious stranger in a soft and polished tone of voice touching the landlord on the shoulder Manicon drew back and it was now Malicon's turn who appeared on the threshold to scratch his ear the landlord saluted the new arrival as a man who recognizes his true guest monsieur "'he said to him with civility, "'your apartment is ready for you, and the stables too, only—' "'he looked round him and inquired, "'your horses?' "'My horses may or may not arrive. "'That, however, matters but little to you, "'provided you are paid for what has been engaged.' "'The landlord bowed lower still. "'You have,' continued the unknown traveller, "'kept for me, in addition, the small room I asked for?' "'Oh!' said Malikorn. Endeavouring to hide himself, your friend has occupied it during the last week. said the landlord, pointing to Malicorne, who was trying to make himself as small as possible. The traveller, drawing his cloak round him so as to cover the lower part of his face, cast a rapid glance at Malicorne and said, "This gentleman is no friend of mine. The landlord started violently. I am not acquainted with this gentleman, continued the traveller what exclaimed the host turning to Malicon, are you not this gentleman's friend then what does it matter whether i am or not provided you are paid said Malicon, parodying the stranger's remark in a very majestic manner it matters so far as this said the landlord who began to perceive that one person had been taken for another that i beg you monsieur to leave the rooms which had been engaged beforehand and by some one else instead of you still said malicorn this gentleman cannot require at the same time a room on the first floor and an apartment on the second if the gentleman will take the room i will take the apartment if he prefers the apartment i will be satisfied with the room i am exceedingly distressed monsieur said the traveller in his soft voice "'but I need both the room and the apartment.' "'At least p- tell me for whom?' inquired Malicorne "'The apartment I require for myself.' "'Very well. But the room?' "'Look,' said the traveller, pointing towards a sort of procession which was approaching. Malicorne looked in the direction indicated, and observed, borne upon a litter, the arrival of the Franciscan, whose installation in his apartment he had, with a few details of his own.' related to montalais and whom he had so uselessly endeavoured to convert to humbler views the result of the arrival of the stranger and of the sick franciscan was Malicon's expulsion without any consideration for his feelings from the inn by the landlord and the peasants who had carried the franciscan the details have already been given of what followed the expulsion of Manicon's conversation with montalais how Manicon, with greater cleverness than Malicorne had shown, had succeeded in obtaining news of De Guiche, of the subsequent conversation of Montalais with Malicorne, and finally of the billets with which the Comte de Saint-Aignan had furnished Manicon and Malicorne. It remains for us to inform our readers who was the traveler in the cloak, the principal tenant of the double apartment, of which Malicorne had occupied a portion, and the Franciscan, Quite as mysterious a personage, whose arrival, together with that of the stranger, unfortunately upset the two friends' plans. End of chapter fifty one. Recording by Yolo Jones, in Penrhynchyber, South Wales.